today we talk about the resurrection and, and the resurrection takes the power of the cross really to another level because through the cross of Jesus we begin or you can begin a relationship with him and through but the resurrection is the power of that relationship the power to live for him and to live in his authority or over every situation that you have and I want to read a scripture to you this morning from Romans chapter 1 it just goes like this the good news is about his son that is Jesus in his earthly life he was born into King David's family line now of course for the Jewish people reading this that meant that Jesus had some serious cred right there you know being a part of the, the line of David that was a big deal for the Jewish people and and the next statement just blows that out of the water almost because it says and he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit he is Jesus Christ our Lord and I want us to focus on this scripture for a few moments and we're going to come back to it uh, just in, in a moment but you know in our in our Western civilization for those of you that have studied you know culture or history or anthropology or anything like that you know that in Western civilization getting the science is really important we have to you know get the science is a phrase that people use or we talk about the science is settled on some things or some people talk about that and um, it seems really important to get the science and whenever anything is questioned or or challenged it's always that we need to get an evidence-based approach which I mean, that's that's fine that's good because I think we need to have that too uh, it's good to to you know be relying on actual evidence um, here's the thing there is more evidence that would stand up in court for the resurrection of Jesus than almost any other historically accepted fact of history now you know I'd like to take time to to go through that but we, we just don't have time to you're gonna have to take it take my word for it maybe you can look it up later on yourself and, and you get all kinds of people talking about this subject but I believe as a person I think I've got a reasonably open mind that um, there's more evidence that'll stand up in court you'll see it in a moment we're going to come to it um, in a moment if you want to prove something the first thing you need to have are witness statements uh, what what people who actually saw this happen have said and recorded witness statements and not only that but there needs to be some level of corroboration or agreement between the witnesses you know if you've got quite a few witnesses to something but they've all got a different story well straight away you've got a problem right there haven't you no, that doesn't really nothing seems to stack up correctly but I want you to know that the witnesses to Jesus resurrection and the statements that they gave they all line up in fact here's, here's an incredible thing the New Testament has been preserved in more manuscripts than any other ancient work of literature that's that's an easily provable fact there are over 5,800 Greek manuscripts copied now just just for a moment just try and get your head around this because every one of these manuscripts requires someone to sit down for I don't know months and just write and write it down so that 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 makes one manuscript by hand this is a long time before the printing press okay so 5,800 complete or fragmented Greek manuscripts that have been catalogued there are 10,000 Latin manuscripts that are, that are known and there are 9,300 manuscripts in various other ancient languages in other words there's more than 25,000 
copies, handmade copies of what, of the early gospels, the story of Jesus' life and his resurrection. Now here's the thing, with that many copies in existence, wouldn't you think that if there was some question marks around this, that someone would have said, uh, they all say that Jesus rose again, but you know, we're, we're not so sure about that. So, you know, we're just going to change this a little bit. Wouldn't you think that there'd be some disagreement on that point? Here's the thing, with over 25,000 manuscripts copied, there's not a single disagreement about the fact that Jesus rose from the grave. And all the witnesses that saw him, they attest to that. Absolutely. That's, that's a pretty important thing in trying to prove, you know, something in court or to the, the veracity of some fact or some truth. So um, the resurrection can stand purely on evidence. You don't really need to have faith to accept the resurrection. You just need to look at the evidence and it can stand on the basis of that. There's more. It goes a bit further. It's well documented that the first disciples of Jesus, the apostles that he called and he had around the closest, his closest followers, the, the 12 apostles, that they went everywhere. They went throughout the known world telling the story, the amazing news that God had come down to be with people and to save us from ourselves, that in the person of Jesus, God had come down. They went everywhere and they told the story of Jesus. He loves us. He proved his love by sending his son to die in our place. And, but that's not all. There's more. His son didn't stay dead. He rose again from the, from the grave and is alive today. That was, what, that was their message that they went everywhere. Now, the thing about it is that all of those early apostles, except one, died a martyr's death because of the testimony that they gave. Because they, they would not budge on the, the uh, veracity of this fact that Jesus rose from the grave, they, they died a martyr's death because of that. And many of them would have had the opportunity to have said, if you can just change your story here, you'll be okay. But if you continue with this story, and of course there's lots of politics around this and you know history around this. We, we can't go into it all today. But every one of them went to their grave uh, refusing to budge on that story because Jesus did actually rise from the grave. John was the only one that uh, is believed died from old age. Now, so Peter was crucified upside down at his request, not willing to die in the same manner as his Lord. Paul was beheaded in Rome. Andrew went to Greece uh, where it's believed that he was crucified. Uh, Thomas went to India and died there, speared to death by four soldiers. I've been to Madras in India where they, uh, where it's believed that Thomas uh, died, gave up his life. John, of course, uh, many of you know, was, was um, thrown into a, a vat of boiling oil um, because he was uh, determined to stand by his story and he survived. <laughs> I don't know how, how that works, but he was put in boiling oil in Rome and escaped unhurt. And because they couldn't kill him, they sent him to, they exiled him to the island of Patmos where he wrote the book of Revelation that we all have. And it's believed that John was the only one of Jesus' apostles that actually died of old age. But they never changed their story. That's incredible. That is an amazing thing for us. And uh, so, you know, is this inspiring you to live for Jesus? <laughs> you know, you'd like, 
you might have to give up your life with that. I'm, I, I'm not saying that will happen, but that's what happened to the early followers of Jesus. They gave their life uh, because of the, res- the message of the resurrection. So if this were just a fabrication, if the whole idea of Jesus raising from the, rising from the, from the dead was just a story that they made up to, uh, to prove some point or get some kind of advantage, it's inconceivable that they would, that they would have all gone to their, would have been, you know, killed to support that fallacy. It didn't happen, friend. What, ha- what happened is Jesus did actually rise from the grave. So I want to just share with you this morning, friends, um, some of the reasons why Jesus rose from the grave and some things that I believe God wants to show us this morning through the resurrection of Jesus. And the first one is in that scripture that we looked at before. The fact that God wanted to show us that His Son, Jesus, is the Son of God with power by being raised from the dead. I learned a new word this week, um, which is interesting. Because I'm a bit of a reader, and you know, you read a lot of things, and you know, but um, I learned a new word as I was studying this passage, uh, a new English word, actually. Because uh, when you see, see it's got there, uh, Jesus, Jesus was shown to be the Son of God when He was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. When I'm studying the Bible, I, I uh, read a lot of different Bible translations, and it's one couple of, couple of different websites that I, that I use that are available to anyone. Um, there's around about 90 or 100 different Bible translations uh, on there, and you can just flick down through quickly, and you can look at them all. And so... As I was looking at this verse and just flicking through the different translations, I went right through, you know, most of those. And every, almost every translation, where this says shown to be, they would say, others would say like declared to be or designated to be or, or shown dramatically to be. Or there were was, there was so many different words, English words used there. I thought, I've got to look into this. So I looked at the original language in, in the Greek and... Um, that word where it says shown to be the Son of God um, is so hard to translate. Almost every translation has got a different version. Of, they, a diff, they use a different word there because they can't quite figure it out. I could see that they were struggling to, to explain this. And it's actually the word in, in Greek, it's, I'm going to say it and it's going to sound weird, but horizo in Greek. And it, this, it's exactly the same as our word horizon. You know when you see the horizon, maybe you go up to you know, um, picnic point or you go up to a, a, an elevated place and you can look across and see the horizon. And that the horizon is where the sky basically meets the land, isn't it? In the far, far distance. Is that right? You know the word horizon? Well, this is the same word, but this is actually a verb. This is, this is to horizon. And I, I don't know if anyone's heard of this word before, but that's actually a word in English, to horizon something. Now, I'd never heard of it before, but it, it's in some technical academic journals you can you'll see it if you want to look it up don't look it up right now but you can look it up to horizon something now what it means is to push something to the limit i'm going to make my own translation uh, it's to push it to to the limit and beyond to to take something as far as you can go and take it a bit further that's what it's talking about so what this is saying here is god has wanted to say to us the holy spirit wants to say to us and explain that the father wants to expand our understanding, our horizons of the Son of God by showing that He is God Himself, shown to be the Son of God with power by being raised from the dead. 
I want to tell you, friends, this morning that this is a serious message from God. When God raised Jesus from the dead, it wasn't just like sending us a text message, give us a bit of an idea this is going to happen, or, or, you know, like an FYI in an email or just copying us in on something. He was shouting this message, I want you to know, I want your thinking to be expanded that God is, Jesus is being shown to be the Son of God with power by being raised from the dead. It's a powerful concept for us if we can get hold of. The resurrection of Jesus has often been called like the ultimate miracle um, because it shows us that Jesus has absolute power over death. And I'm going to talk about this in a moment. It's one of the reasons why he came as a human. Let's read from Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. And it says that because God's children are human beings, that's us, made of flesh and blood, the Son, Jesus, also became flesh and blood. He came and was born as a baby. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had, I like that word, had, the power of death. See, Jesus has, right now, power over death, over death and hell. The devil thought that he had that. But what this shows us is that death is not all powerful. You know, I know we say things, don't we, like, you know, only two things you can rely on is death and taxes and things like that. I want you to know, friends, that death is not as powerful as it used to be. It's just not. Jesus has power over the enemy and over death. When someone dies, you know, to those around, um, death seems to be so final. It seems to be so, uh, so absolute and so unavoidable. And, you know, you might have, you might have lost someone uh, close to you or maybe someone died prematurely. Someone was, was taken in death. But I want to tell you, friends, this morning that death is not the end. Death is not final. No matter, no matter what your loss might be, and, and, and we, our, our hearts go out to people who've, who've lost someone prematurely or, or you know, someone who's passed away in, in that way. But um, you know, God can restore and heal hearts that have been you know, um, traumatized through, through those things. The second thing I want to share with you this morning and I believe what God has wanted to show us is that, that death itself, death as an idea, death as a concept, has an expiry date. Because God never designed us, never designed you and me for the purpose of death. He designed us for life. God, God has created us so that we can have life. I love the scripture in John 5, 26. It says, as the Father has life in himself, so also he has granted to the Son to have life in himself. So like life was endemic to Jesus. And, and life is what God is all about. He's not about death. He is about life. And so you, you and I were made to live and to, and to enjoy life and to enjoy everything God has for us. So let's not get too caught up thinking about, about death because actually it's life that what, what God wants for us. So like I said before, you know, when someone... Uh, dies prematurely, maybe the death of a child or even even a baby. And I, I say this with uh, uh, all sensitivity because I'm sure there are people here that have experienced things like that, tragedy in that way. And, 
and it really it really uh, cuts at your heart you know people are very deeply affected by these things and sometimes we you know we we try and process our our feelings and and deal with the um, the trauma of those things and what's going on uh, and we try and rationalize why these things happen and sometimes we say things like you know oh, the angels wanted them or you know, or we say things like well you know God took them and we say things without really knowing that God doesn't take people like that. I, I want to tell you this morning, friends, that God doesn't take life. He actually gives life. And we saw it so much in the, in the person of Jesus. You, you know this, that if you want to find out what God is like, just look at Jesus. He is the comprehensive representation of the Father to us. The Bible says that. 100% representation of God to us. And He never took anyone's life. He gave life over and over again Jesus came to give life and that's what God does for us he's a giver of life when he when Jesus died on the cross he voluntarily laid down his own life for us he took and he, he extinguished the ultimate punishment for our sin he extinguished in his body the ultimate and absolute punishment for our sin so here's the thing the devil has no more legal right or claim to harass the people of this world because of our sin. There is no basis for accusation because Jesus took in his own body the punishment for our sin, for your sin and for my sin. Now, I know that's hard to get our heads around, but if you can just uh, let God expand your thinking today and to understand that Jesus took in his body and extinguished the penalty and the punishment for our sin when he gave his life, on that cross for you and I. But what happened is after that, Jesus fought the devil on God's terms by submitting himself to death and he completely blindsided the devil. Now you can read about this in Psalm 22 and other places in the New Testament. That the, the devil thought that he'd won a great victory, but he actually failed miserably because he didn't understand what was going on. But God won an absolute victory. And a lot of commentators believe during those three days in the grave that Jesus literally went down into hell and snatched the keys of death and hell from the devil and took them when he ascended triumphantly into heaven. I'm going to talk about this a bit more on another occasion. But I want to tell you that when Jesus rose into heaven and is seated right now at the right hand of the Father, the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, I am the living one, Jesus said. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. We do know that Satan, it says in what we read before in Hebrews, had the power of death, but now Jesus holds the keys of death and the grave. I love that thought. We need to be encouraged by that. In Revelation 21, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain are you looking forward to that day you should be all those things are gone forever my point here friend is that death as a concept death as an idea as an expiry date it has it's it has a, it, it's going to run out one day and jesus said oh, right now he's holding the keys of death and hell so do people still die? Yep, they do. 
That death has an expiry date. It won't last forever. The, the, the last reason I believe why Jesus rose from the grave was to blaze a trail or to show the way for all who would follow. We sang before, you know, you, know, you opened a way. God, you've opened a way that we can come back to you, that we can open a way, come right back into your presence. And I believe that when Jesus rose from the grave, in fact, it's quite clear in the Scriptures, as we'll see in a moment, He made a way that all of us who know Him will one day be raised, uh, you know, raised again and will live forever in His presence. Let's read it from Hebrews, uh, from 1 Corinthians, sorry, uh, chapter 15. In fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So here's the thing. There are, uh, you know, all those who died before Jesus' resurrection ultimately died again. So there are a number of, even Jesus raised people from the dead. And there are a few people from the Old Testament as well that, that had incredible resurrection experiences. But they all went on and ultimately died again after that. They were still subject to the weakness of, you know, human flesh. And uh, you know, so we don't live forever in, in these bodies. I'm sure most of you are aware of that fact. Uh, I wouldn't want anyone to, to be under any illusions about that. That these kind of bodies that we have, if you're a bit older, you know, like me, you, you are patently aware of those facts, that they don't last forever in its current form. But when Jesus rose again, His resurrection was permanent, never to die again. That's the incredible thing. That's why it says when He was raised from the dead, He's the first of a great harvest of all who have died, who will be raised and never die again. So friends, we need to look forward to that fact that one day, if the Lord doesn't come back before that time, and we do, or you do pass away and I pass away, um, you'll be raised again and never die again after that what about today are people being raised from the dead today absolutely absolutely you know we, I'm, I'll, I'll stake my claim 100% on that that there are people today you know I know uh, of many people who have uh, seen that happen or read many reports of these things and some of you here in this room may have experienced that firsthand where you've seen that happen but uh, I know that God raises people Jesus raises people from the dead today, you know, and uh, so I'm not afraid of that at all. Um, have I personally raised anyone from the dead? Well, I've actually come fairly close to it because uh, uh, what happened is some years ago, uh, a lady in our church, her brother uh, was on drugs and took an overdose and was in hospital in the Toomba General up here. And uh, the doctor said, uh, he's gone. There's nothing more we can do. We you know, come and say your last goodbyes, he's gone. And so, but I just had this real word of faith rise up in my heart to refuse to accept that. And so we went up there and prayed for him and spoke the name of Jesus over him. And in three days' time, he walked out of the hospital like nothing had ever happened. But the doctor said, he's gone. You know, there was nothing we could do. There probably wasn't anything they could do, but there was plenty that Jesus could do. So I'm convinced, friends, that, that Jesus raises people from the dead today and so I want, to, I want to make that a, you know, something that we, I hope you can believe in that too, because it's true. Um, you don't need to, because of this, friends, because of this, you and I don't need to be afraid of death or dying. Uh, but it's also because of our understanding of eternity. 
and what the future holds for us. Let's read from John chapter 14. Uh, I, I love this verse, and you know, I sometimes read this out at funerals, actually. But uh, this morning, I'm going to read it out right here. And uh, it says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, and trust also in me, Jesus said. So, there is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this wasn't so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything's ready, I'll come and get you so that you'll be with, always be with me where I am. So what it's saying is, you know, there's a lot of room in my father's house. Uh, it's a big place. I don't know if you've read the book of Revelation, you know, other parts of the scripture, but, you know, it talks a little bit about what eternity will be like and what heaven will be like and, you know, what the new Jerusalem will be like that comes down out of heaven. And, and so... Um, I want to tell you that heaven is an amazing, amazing place. And so there's lots of room there. And there's a room for you there, set aside for you. There's room for us all. So we don't need to be afraid. He is preparing a place for you right now. And it's a great place. It's a wonderful place. There'll be no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more death in that place. It'll be a wonderful place. And I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago that, you know, it's, it's pictured for us uh, as, a, as, a, as a wedding ceremony, a wedding feast, a wedding reception, you know, where it's a, just a massive c- a celebration. Uh, that's what heaven is pictured like for, for us. So he's preparing a place for you, and it's a great place. I wonder, can our creative team come back right now again um, to the stage? So. Um, I, want to, I want to give us an opportunity this morning, friends, because as I said before, that I felt God just laid him upon my heart that um, he was calling people back to himself. And I don't know what your journey has been or where you've been, or, uh, but I, I, do know, I do know this, that, that God loves you. I know this, and he, and he sent his son Jesus to die for you, and Jesus was raised again from the dead, proving he is the son of God with power by the Holy Spirit. And so um, if you're in a situation right now where, where you know you've been away from God and you know you need to make a response to Him, then it, this right now, this is the opportunity. This, there's a moment right now where you can say, Jesus, you know, I'm, I'm giving my whole life to you. Maybe you've known Him in the past. Maybe, maybe you've maybe you, uh, known the Lord Jesus in your, in your own heart, but you've gone away from Him. And now it's time to come back, and He's calling you back. That's what I felt this morning, that God was calling people back to Himself. Um, if that's you, why don't you say yes to Him right now? Can we, can we just close our eyes for a moment and just, just bow our heads? Because I believe that His, His love extends to each one of us today. His heart reaches out to us. And He just put that word in my heart, it's turnaround time. Today it's turnaround time to turn back towards Him, to turn towards Him and come towards him and no matter where where your journey has taken you no matter where it's been in the the past i want you to know that he is for you and he loves you and just his heart goes out to you this morning because he wants you to be a part of his kingdom and his family and his plans and purposes for your life which are ultimately wonderful wonderful lord jesus hallelujah hallelujah thank you lord jesus we sing that song, Your Love Poured Out on the Cross for Me. Um, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. 
Let's all stand. Let me stand in God's presence this morning. Just let the Holy Spirit speak into your heart today. He's doing something on the inside of your life. You, you'll know. That little voice that is just on the inside saying, yeah, that's, that's for you. That's for you to know Jesus in a personal way, to know Him in a, in a life-changing and life-transforming way. That's for you. Why don't you just open your heart to Him right now and say, Lord, that's for me. I, I, I want to I know you personally. I want to come into that relationship with you again right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Your love poured out on that cross for me. Begin to sing this song.